amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Tune in on Wednesdays from 11 to 1. Some shows might not go all the way to 1, but sometimes they do. At least 11 to 12. Eastern time on Wednesdays for my show, Who's the Bad Guy? Let me give you a quick schedule here before we are joined by our guest. On Fridays, I'll go right to Friday because it's right after this show, Chris Petherick hosts The Farm and that is from the same time, 11 to 1 Eastern time. Chris mostly goes from 11 to 12, I believe. And that is political news from a Main Street perspective. Chris has had on a bunch of very interesting guests recently. So I highly recommend you go to the archives and listen to them, either on the website, overthrowradio.com, or from the Blog Talk Radio site. On Mondays, or sorry, on Sundays, we have... It's a new show. I think it's called Harvesting Truth by Tara Beth Baptista. Sundays, I believe that's at 8 Eastern, and that goes for about an hour. And on Mondays, we have History Today. That's with Paul Angel. That is from 10 till noon Eastern time. And most times, that show does run the, the entire time. So check that out, overthrowradio.com. And thanks for listening. Of course, overthrowradio.com, where the entire country is a free speech zone, so we can say whatever we want. Today's show is going to be very interesting. I'm joined by a fellow named Kyle Hunt, who was actually brought to my attention a few years back when he organized something called the White Man March, and that may have been 
above the understanding of a lot of people when he did that last year, I believe it was that it began because most people didn't understand what was underway here as far as a war on the white race. Many people would have heard that and go, what are you talking about? It's ridiculous. Whites rule everything. They run the world. They run America. You're out of your mind. But now, of course, looking back on that year and a half or so, people beginning to understand what Kyle had in mind. Now Kyle hosts his own radio program on the Renegade Broadcasting Network, and he discusses these topics and many others. Today we're going to be talking about something very interesting, because besides discussing the current war in the white race and who's responsible, Kyle had just produced a video that parodied a Saturday Night Life's live skit about whites, about I think it was something like white people won't won't be calling the shots for long or they white people calling the shots until at least 2050. And then, of course, uh, because of the immigration into this country and and the white reproduction rate, of course, whites are in danger of not being the predominant race and other races are coming into the fore. And so uh, Kyle had produced a video in reference to that, a parody, and that was uh, was on its way to going viral, and it was pulled by our friends at YouTube. So we're going to be talking about that in great detail. I have a, a clip, the audio clip of it, and let me let me uh, see if I can get Kyle. <coughs> excuse me, Kyle on the line. Kyle, you out there? I should be. All right, great. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate that. And let's first, before we get into all this stuff that I rambled on about, let's first give the listeners a background about who you are. Sure. So I really started getting involved with the alternative media, the so-called truth movement back in 2008 when I was working out in Silicon Valley and hated my job sitting in a cubicle. And I was just watching hours and hours of videos each day and doing research. And I came to find out about the September 11th, uh, who was behind it, the Jewish criminal network, uh, you know, the project for a new American century, which was just really a project for a Jew American century, and uh, the New World Order, which I came to find out is really just the Jew World Order. This set me on a quest to really bring this kind of information to people through blogging, through radio shows. I was interviewed on Red Ice Creations back in 2009, and I started up my own my own radio show, and a couple of years ago, back in 2012, I started RenegadeBroadcasting.com. We have a show every night, and we try to really highlight a bunch of different guests and different topics. We have a um, really good crew put together there. We've been at the forefront of a lot of these issues, and it's just great to see that as we continue to push forward that other people catch up, that now – uh, people are really talking about this kind of information in a big way, whereas when we first started, we were really outcasts. We were pariahs, even within the alternative media, but no longer, and that is a very good thing. Uh, also, after founding RenegadeBroadcasting.com, I put together RenegadeTribune.com, and that's where uh, people can find some some interesting, unique writing. Also, we feature some podcasts and some some videos over there, so I do encourage people to check that out. And most recently, I have been well-known for producing the Hellstorm documentary, which can be found at hellstormdocumentary.com. 
It was released uh, just a few months ago, and already, if you calculate everything together, it's probably reached about a half million people thus far. Uh, just on our upload alone, it's almost reached 300,000 views. And, of course, multiple people might be viewing the uh, the the the, the, the the YouTube video, even though it's just uh, counted as one view, you know, if you put it on the, the big screen to have a, have a whole group of people watch it. So I'm very pleased with how this information has been getting out to a large amount of people, even beyond our smaller sphere of truth seekers. And so it is very encouraging. We have a lot of opposition against us, of course. That is the big moneyed elite, the mass media, the government, uh, all working against us, but we have a lot of passionate people now working with us, for us. And so it's, uh, it's all kind of coming to a head. I think because of our successes, we are seeing the anti-white and now anti-Southern agenda actually being ramped up to try to counter us, to try to silence us, to try to group us in with terrorists, uh, as they have done after the Dillon Stormroof shooting uh, all, all white people who stand up for themselves are white supremacists, and they are ISIS-like terrorists now, according to the mainstream media, the, like the New York Times. And so I think it's very important to continue with our efforts, and that's what this short video, this humorous satire, was all about, two minutes long, and it's destroying this idea of white privilege. It is showing that, no, no, no. Whites aren't calling the shots. It is Jews who are calling the shots. They are a very small minority of our country and other countries around the world, and yet they own almost all of the media, banking, uh, and corporations. You know, they own an incredibly disproportionate share of, of all of the important positions in our society, yet we're told about white supremacy and white privilege and white racism when, in fact, if you really look at it, what we're dealing with in this world is Jewish supremacy. Jewish privilege and Jewish racism. That's anti-Semitic. Yeah, exactly. Telling the truth is anti-Semitic, hateful, and bigoted. But if you are uh, saying the most awful things about whites, celebrating their decline, celebrating their genocide, and uh, heaping loads of collective punishment and collective guilt upon them, uh, this is perfectly acceptable. You can be a professor in major universities, and there are plenty of them, basically espousing the, espousing the talking points of the Black Panthers, and you're celebrated, you're protected, you won't get fired. But if you were to turn the tables and say anything, as a white professor, say anything critical of, of uh, blacks, using facts, using real statistics, say anything critical about Jews or, or mestizos, you know, Hispanics, illegal invaders, you will get such a severe backlash against you that you'll be never working, at least within the United States, again. Yeah, like, like we said, I hope that this is getting out to more people and they can recognize what's happening. Just for the listeners, Hellstorm, just give a little bit of background about what that is. Hellstorm tells the tale that the victors of World War II still do not want us to know it tells of the suffering of the German people before the war ended and as it came to a close and afterwards. The firebombing of all of their major cities and towns, 
this was just indiscriminate uh, uh, and actually deliberate uh, destruction of all civilians that they could uh, that they could reach, and this was uh, absolutely devastating. The rapes from the the Soviet soldiers and from the Western allies, the British and Americans, millions of women raped and, and tortured and killed. Then, of course, we have Eisenhower's death camps where German soldiers who had surrendered or were captured were just left out to die in fields without, without any shelter, without any food, without any water for many days. And this led to the deaths of about 1.5 million Germans and the torture that was going on not just for the people who were uh, being tried in the Nuremberg trials, the kangaroo court there, but also for just the regular German citizens during the process of denazification. There was also the ethnic cleansing of perhaps around 13 million Germans from their ancestral homelands. They'd been living there for generations in places like Poland and Czechoslovakia and elsewhere that was then claimed by the Soviet Union. And these people were told get out their homes and properties were confiscated they were only able to leave with perhaps just a suitcase and had to walk most times or catch a train or do whatever they could to get west now where they were going was into a completely dismembered and starving germany so it wasn't like there was any place for these people to go actually a lot of germans were heading east uh, trying to get out of Germany, and they were crossing over the the Oder line, and it was uh, the new the new boundary of the Reich, and and so p- refugees were f- going in both directions, and this kind of was a shock to many of these people, saying, "Oh, oh, damn!" So they're trying to flee this way, and we're trying to flee that way. There's nowhere to go. They were just trapped, and this was a deliberate policy of starvation that was implemented. Uh, under the Morgenthau plan, the Morgenthau plan was named for the Jew, uh, the uh, Roosevelt's uh, secretary of the treasury, Henry Morgenthau. And it, the plan was actually conceived by Harry Dexter White, who was later tried as being a Soviet spy. And he was Morgenthau's aide. And he was also a Jew, of course. And this was basically a Jewish revenge against Germany to just totally destroy the German people. It was a, basically a slight variation on Theodore Kaufman's, a, a Jew, of course, uh, well-celebrated book from 1941, Germany Must Perish, exclamation point, which got rave reviews by the New York Times. So, again, this just goes to show that the Jews can absolutely be genocidal in their intentions and their implementations, but they get a free pass. Actually, most people don't even know one thing about what I just said. They have no idea about the genocide that was committed against Germany. Why? Because the six million Jews, because of the six million Jews, which can't be questioned in many countries, a lot of countries in Europe, you go to jail for years and years for even questioning the victor's narrative of this story. And that should go to show people that there is something seriously rotten here, that truth does not need to be protected by laws. Only lies do. Mm, Very well said. And, of course, Hellstorm is the 
name of a book, right? Written by Thomas Goodrich, correct. And people can actually find his website now. He has one. Helps him put that together. It's thomasgoodrich.com. They can get a pretty inexpensive copy of that book, uh, paperback for $20, and some of his other titles. If they just want to PayPal him the money, they can find that on his site. So, yes, I took his book and adapted it to a 90-minute documentary. I wanted to keep it 90 minutes because... I'll tell you the truth, most people can't even make it the whole way through, especially in one sitting. It's devastating material. It's jam-packed. I had to leave some things out from the book, but it is a fairly accurate re- representation of what is found in Hellstorm. Yeah, yeah, I did read the book uh, maybe last year or the year before, and it was hard to take. It was, uh, and, and the reason was because it was the truth, and, of course, he gets a lot of his material from the book from from primary sources and i it's it's embarrassing to be affiliated with the human race after reading that book to call you mm-hmm. and also it's awful just to hear the, the the talk about the greatest generation the good war and all this other crap that still gets fed to us and hear people talk about oh well the, the germans deserved what they got Oh, really? Those little girls deserve to be raped and then murdered. Those little boys deserve to watch their mothers and grandmothers raped in front of them. If they said a word, they were shot. Yeah, what kind of sick people would ever say they deserved what they got? Not even neo-Nazis out there, so-called neo-Nazis are saying, oh, those Jews in the the gas chambers deserved what they got. Maybe there are a few, but anybody who's honestly looking at the history realizes that mass extermination gas chambers never existed in the the history of the world. And what they put forward as gas chambers are absolutely absurd with glass windows, doors that open inwards, uh, uh, drains in the middle of the room. It's just the most idiotic tale we've ever been sold. And most people just buy it hook, line, and sinker. Yes, there were gas chambers. They were very small and they were hermetically sealed and they were using Zyklon B, correct, as a delousing agent because typhus was running rampant through those camps. So yes, some Jews died, Catholics died, gypsies died, Germans died. A whole lot of white people died in that war. Why don't we ever hear about the tens and tens and tens of millions of white people who died in that war or about the uh, over 60 million Russians who died at the hands of uncle Joe. Why don't we ever hear about that? Well, because we don't control the media now, do we? We're controlled by a hostile alien elite. Exactly. Minority elite. Yes. Unfortunately, you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what has to be done. Is Really, the only thing that has to be done is people need to, need to wake up and listen to shows like this and read. Read, 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 read. Keep reading, keep reading, and until you can't stand reading anymore. Well, I know a lot of people don't, and that's why I put out these videos. And you know, it takes it takes a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of investment to watch a ninety-minute video um, about this subject. I understand it's going to be heart-wrenching, but it's not. It's easier than reading the book. Most people don't want to immerse themselves in these horrors, but I do suggest that they do so because it is very necessary and it changes your worldview completely. And I, I think people need to just kind of get over their their fear of 
what they might find or just the uncomfortable nature of, of going through this eyewitness testimony and learning what happened to these people. Because I'll tell you what, if we don't learn from this history, it is going to repeat itself. You already look at what's taking place in European countries, in America. The white populations are being victimized by the non-white populations and the illegal immigrants, whether it's uh, the Arabs or the Africans over in Europe or the Mexicans here uh, or, the, or the blacks from the inner cities or, or their Section 8 housing. They are absolutely running wild. It is open season on white people. Every single year in the United States, it's somewhere around 35,000 on average. White women are raped by black men. How many black women are raped by white men? Uh, statistically, it's zero. And this should really come as no surprise to anybody who's been paying attention. But if you were to look at what the Jewish media is saying day in and day out, you'd think that white people are just running around shooting and hanging any black they can get their hand, hand on. It's like, the, it's like the KKK is just uh, this white supremacist organization that runs the police force and the judges. It's absolutely absurd. We're told that white supremacy runs our world. This is ludicrous. You look at the blacktivists that are in power run by Jews, you know, the, the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons and the Eric Holders and now Loretta Lynch and Barack Obama. Really, white supremacy is run, running the show here. What about all those Jewish bankers at the head of, head of the Federal Reserve? Is that white supremacy as well? Now, if we were really being ruled by a system of white supremacy – why would white supremacists be the absolutely most loathed people you could ever come across in the media? Look at how white supremacists is used as such a pejorative and how most white supremacists have almost no money to their name. It is absolutely ridiculous, the assertion that white supremacy is a, a, a problem in the United States today. But that, that's just one of these buzzwords they've been using uh, especially recently, instead of racist, they think that somehow white supremacist is going to be able to shut us up and, and uh, shut down the conversation. Yeah, and unfortunately it works. But works with some. Yeah. Works, works with people who don't have balls. And now that's what I think we really need today is more, more people with balls. Unfortunately, sometimes it's the women who seem to have a, more balls than the men. Our men have become so effeminate. Yes, some of this is chemical. Some of it is social engineering. But I don't really care. Let's get at least a minority of the men out there to get some testicular fortitude and be willing to call a spade a spade, be willing to stand up and protect their women and their children and to, and to care about the future they're leaving for them. Yeah, absolutely right. You're 100% right. I mean, everything you're saying is true, but like you said, how many people are going to really understand this? And right now, right now, not many, but it does seem to me that people are waking up. Hopefully they're, they're noticing the contradictions of what the media is portraying to them, the elite media. Now, the, let's, let's call it organized Jewry, and of course, it's very clear that Jews do control the media. I, I always go back to night, the summer of 1941 which is 74 years ago when Lucky Lindbergh gave a speech and he warned people about the certain segment of the U.S. population and the Jewish-controlled media wanting to get the U.S. into World War II. 
Now, this was in the, obviously the summer of 1941 before Pearl Harbor. So if we can go back 74 years where someone's saying, hey, Jews control the media is being used to get us into the war, I think we could safely say that 74 years later that it still exists and it's even a tighter control of the media mm-hmm. because of the consolidation of it. So if anybody thinks that this is a an anti-Semitic canard, they really should study it on their own and, and decide for themselves. It's not very complicated. As a matter of fact, there's a there's like a graph, a, an image, a, a graphic of Jewish control of the media. I don't know if you've seen that. Who, who controls your mind? I think is what it's titled. It's like red. It's basically yeah. a color. Yeah, color coded. <laughs> no, that's very convincing for people who don't know much about this subject. It's one thing just to rattle off a few names. When you show that graph, it's like, whoa, this is serious. Now, I, I'm sure you've come across the 1940 headline from the New York Times, which states, uh, "New World Order pledged to Jews." This was October 6, 1940, and here's a part of the opening paragraph. Arthur Greenwood, member without portfolio in the British War Cabinet, assured the Jews of the United States that when victory was achieved, an effort would be made to found a new world order. So anybody that's out there is, you know, in with this conspiracy research who doesn't know that the new world order is a, actually the Jew world order, just look at that headline, New World Order Pledged to Jews. That was 1940, and that was pledged to the Jews if the United States would get involved in the war and help, help uh, pull together for the big win against those evil Germans, those anti-Semitic Germans. And what we've seen in this world since the end of that war is just the, the, the absolute consolidation of Jewish power around the world. And, you know, the, the, the later manifestations of this new world order, George H.W. Bush is talking about when George Soros is talking about it, that's just really them kind of coming out in the open and just saying, hey, we're there. We've got it. We've got it in the bag. I don't think that they actually do, but when you look at their key positions, yeah, they, they right now have things pretty much on lockdown. Yes when we haven't seen much resistance to it. Anybody that has stood up against them, whether it's in the Middle East, maybe Gaddafi could be an example, has just been uh, obliterated. You know, as Hillary Kankles Clinton has laughed before, we came, we saw, he died. (laughs) What an awful, atrocious woman that is. And I know you've actually interviewed her in person, but it's just just incredible how these people um, present themselves, just as these maniacal, psychopathic warmongers who are willing to sacrifice young American, uh, American boys and girls, pretty much, 18 years old, they can't even drink in the country, sacrifice them for greater Zion. I know. It's just awful. It is awful. And I don't know, is there something wrong with collectively this country where they allow this type of talk they allow this type of attitude i think there is i I really believe there is we've been raised on jewish poison yes that's true so i mean this gets down to every single level of what we consume what we consume of course with our bodies coming in through monsanto the creators of agent orange and where does monsanto come from monsanto is is actually is founded by a jewish slave slave uh, owning family 
and it has continued to be run by Jews up until this day. And so you want to you want to know who to thank for all the Franken food? Well, you thank the Jews for that one. Um, and it's not just that, though. Of course, it's what we consume with our ears, the things we listen to. Who owns all of these radio stations? Who owns all the Clear Channel and whatnot? Who owns uh, who owns all the major media? We talked about this. What we consume with our eyes? It's just it's complete domination, and they have made us pretty much, in some ways, in their image, it's psychopathic and just heartless. But they also do apply double standards. So one rule for them and another rule for us. For example, they push this diversity and multiculturalism in all of the Western white nations. But in Israel, diversity is not celebrated. Intermarriage is not celebrated. So it's this kind of policy of do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all accurate. Sadly, it's, it's all accurate. And they're, they're really able to, to push these narratives that are often contradictory, but people don't seem to get it. For example, we're supposed to absolutely hate, hate the Muslims, oh, those Muslims, when they're in their own lands. Muslims in the Middle East are a terrorist threat. That need, we need to go bomb them, bomb, bomb Iran. We need to go and take them out, boots on the ground. But when those Muslims come to our lands... Open up your arms. These are, we're all just one. These are your brothers and sisters. We need to take care of them. You can't be an, you can't be Islamophobic, even though the same the same people who are spouting that line have warned you for years about Islamofascism. So what they're really, I think, putting together here is a clash of cultures. While they kind of sit behind the scenes and rub their hands and count their shekels, mm-hmm. uh, the clash of cultures pits goy versus goy. And for anybody that doesn't know, goyim is a term that Jews use to refer to all non-Jews. And goyim pretty much just means cattle or slave. You think about the mindset of these Jews who are exploiting us. They call us goyim, cattle. What does that actually mean? It means a few things, that we can be used as slaves to them, you know, uh, cattle um, yoked together to, to plow the fields and do the hard work. But also it means that we are a food source to them. Just think about the kosher slaughter, the, the sick way that they treat their animals. Do you really, viewing that, viewing how they treat their cattle with kosher slaughter, do you, do you think it's a very pleasant thing for Jews to be calling you goyim? No. That is, it, it's, it should be very worrying to people. Yeah, no. They don't even know what the word means. They just think, you know, it's just kind of a... Uh, a pleasant, uh, a pleasant word used to refer to non-Jews, that there's nothing hostile about it, nothing nefarious. <laughs> we need to get wise to these people and what their words actually mean. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've been saying it for years. I know you have. There's not very many people who are wise to this and who can read between the lines, but as I said, I hope, and I hate to use that word hope, but I hope there are more who are beginning to. Let me, you know what? I'm sorry, Kyle. Can you? Uh, what were you going to say? Because I just, oh, just to really gonna... yeah, real quickly here. It's just so absurd that many people have bought the line that the the establishment we have today is the Nazi world order. That it's it's these eugenicists and people like Alex Jones pushing the Germanic death cult. 
You know, well, Bilderberg is founded by a Nazi. You know, you don't just ignore the fact that a vast, the, the majority of the people who attend Bilderberg are Jews. Um, ignore the fact that the Federal Reserve is run by Jews. Ignore all the Jews in the media. Oh, actually, I've heard Alex Jones say that Arabs and the Chinese on separate occasions controlled Hollywood. So, you know, they're just trying to, to really confuse people. And it's just crazy that you can just go and paint a, a Hitler mustache on somebody like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, and people just think, yeah, stick it to them. These are evil tyrants just like Hitler. Are you kidding me? This plays into the Jewish hands so much. This is such a Jewish tactic to try to smear somebody by calling them a Nazi or painting a Hitler mustache on them. I know, and sadly it works. I just wanted to say, Kyle, that we do have a call, so we might as well take it. The uh, person has been on for almost six minutes. Let's see who it is. Caller, you're on the air. What's your uh, first name? Where are you calling from, and what's on your mind? Jay, I'm from Detroit. Uh, right now, I was just listening. I, uh, I just was listening for right now. And I was going to push one when I wanted to say something. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want, do you want me to uh, put you on mute, and then uh, you can push one when you want to? Yeah. Or do you want to say something? Okay. All right. No, I, I, I want to listen first. Okay, you got it. All right. That was my fault. I jumped the gun, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. Uh, let's uh, your background. You, you studied theater and set design. That was one of my majors, correct? I actually really enjoy this classical uh, tradition, going all the way back to ancient Greece. But it's just such a shame what it has become. I wanted to do production design for film. And I likely could have gone on and been somewhat successful, but something at the time told me this, Hollywood is not where you want to go. I didn't know then what I know now. So I kind of left that behind. I went into the corporate world for just a little bit. I found that to be soul-crushing. So I really, uh, really abandoned any ideas of, of working within the system to try to just make a good living, get along, to go along. But... I have been relatively well accomplished within this system. And it's just, it's kind of funny to have people calling me a conspiracy theorist or a loon or this or that. Some people I might've even known from long ago when, when I was in high school with these people, I was valedictorian number one in the class. I don't really get answers wrong, not too often. And yet they can't seem to get that I'm right on this, that I've not stopped being correct. Somehow, you know, when you're in the system and you're, and you're doing everything right, you're getting the answers right, you're getting the jobs at the big companies that everybody wants to work at, then, you know, oh, that's great, you know, good for you, you're right on. But then when you start to actually go against them and, and say, you know what, I've, I've found out some new information, check this out, oh, no, that's, that's a little wacky. You know, I, I don't want to think about that. You're... You, Fox News and MSNBC have told me that people who think like you do are terrorists. <laughs> and the, the rank and file fall in line, and here comes the cognitive dissonance. So they can't accept it, and yeah, absolutely. It's, it's lonely where we're at, Kyle, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. We, I want to, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, uh, uh, please continue. Nothing, oh, no, no, go ahead, you're going to say something, then I'll just get into this article. Oh, I just I hope our time is coming. We don't need everyone. I don't care so much about the masses. Yes, it would be great to have some of the masses on our side, you know, hand out some 
torches and pitchforks. But until then, we need to work on the people who are the most intelligent and passionate and the real doers. Because I would rather have quality over quantity at this point. Think about all the people, the millions and millions and tens of millions that the Jews are able to reach with their uh, with their wide net, the television program, the movies or anything. What are these people actually going to go do? They might go get a happy meal and they might, uh, you know, get a Big Mac and they're, they're not actually doers. They're, they're just consumers. They're not creative. They're not really game changers whatsoever. They're kind of dead ends. So, I'd rather have influence makers, people like you who have your own radio show, who uh, you're the web editor for American Free Press. I'd rather be talking to somebody like you than speaking to to a thousand people who aren't really going to do anything. So I think we shouldn't be discouraged by the lack of numbers at some points because the people we are reaching are important, they are powerful, and they are the people who are going to make this a better world in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to make mention that this, of course, is not a race thing here. We're talking about the war on the white race, which is waged clearly by the Jewish elite. And it's not all Jews, obviously. So folks mm-hmm. want to listen to the show and say, oh, you hate all Jews or you're against all Jews or you're painting with a broad brush. No, it's the Jewish elite. You know, I hate more than them. And I'll, you know, I don't mind using this word hate. It's insane that these Jews have tried to outlaw an emotion for us. Right. It's crazy. You're, you're, we're not even allowed to have an emotion anymore. Hate? That's right. That's incredible. Uh, next, they're going to outlaw uh, happiness, you know, if you, if you, or love. If you love something too much, you know, you might end up hating what's going to destroy that thing you love. So that's just dangerous. Emotions in general are dangerous. You're just going to outlaw them. It'll be great. Brave New World uh, type of 1984 dictatorship run by Jews. Um, <laughs> and that, anyway, that, that's where it's going. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I hate more than than these uh, elite Jews is the white traders, the Shabbos Goy, who have sold us all down the river, who who look down on the average white person as being just dumb, stupid goyim to be exploited. These people are the ones I'd want to deal with first and foremost. And as you were saying, this isn't about trying to demean other races. It's a matter of self-preservation. I am very worried about the white race at this point because diversity is being crammed down their throats, down our throats, and it is, uh, it is killing us. Uh, sometimes on a very literal level, diversity is killing white people. But if you look at the projections, almost every single white country now has a projected date when the whites in that country are going to become a minority. This is not happening to any other race on the planet. No one is trying to, to force in, uh, diversity upon Africa. No, actually, uh, all of Africa has been given back to the Africans. Rhodesia has become Zimbabwe, and now whites aren't even able to own land there. In South Africa, they're being slaughtered. The, the uh, post-apartheid dream became uh, South Africa which was, uh, now can't even have power for good portions of the day, where all of their infrastructure is falling apart. The place that pioneered the first open-heart surgery, or the, or the first heart transplant, back in, what, 67 maybe, is now a third-world dump, the number one rape capital of the world. 
I think, followed right by Sweden because of all of the immigrants that are in Sweden. So this is a real problem. They have put an expiration date on every single white country. Unless something is done about it, it's going to come true. You know, the, the SNL white skit put the date, what, at 2040 or 2050, something like that. But the uh, Joe yeah. Biden recently came out and said, by 2017, whites will no longer be a majority in this country. I actually think his date might be more correct because of the way that the census is, uh, is being uh, done. We're counting non-whites as whites counting Hispanics and Arabs as whites, and also because of the massive amount of illegal uh, people in this country. I think that his date might be accurate if we're not already there at this point. Already in the United States, the school children, the children in the public schools, white children are a minority now. They are less than 50%. White children are also a minority of all the babies being born. And so this is a very real problem, especially when you consider all the anti-white hatred that is being pushed over and over again in the universities, in the, in the, the, the um, primary education schools even, uh, being pushed in the, in the movies, the music, Kill Whitey. Oh, you can win a, you can win a Grammy uh, talking about Kill Whitey. You can be celebrated as Jamie Foxx getting up on Saturday Night Live and saying, I get to kill all the white people in the movie. How great is that? Now, I'm going to ask you, what if you were to ever get up there on a major television show and say, I get to kill all the blacks in the movie, or more importantly here, or more tellingly, uh, I get to kill all the Jews in the movie. How great is that? <laughs> Wouldn't you just be able to get away with that? Oh, you'd, you'd win an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. The problem is, see, the blacks have been getting a lot of attention in the news lately and these blacks who are, are violent thugs of course the jews are deciding we can't even use the word thug anymore but these particular blacks have been in the news of course there's many more blacks who would never resort to their violence and and other things that have been perpetrated in ferguson and baltimore and so forth but really i think that and you talked about the white traders and they are nothing but traitors, I think that the blacks are much more hip to what's happening with the Jews than the whites are. Would you agree? As far as the percentage, uh, I'd say yes, perhaps a a larger percentage of blacks know about the Jewish problem uh, than if you compare the percentage of white people. Uh, However, because white people still are uh, maybe even four times as much as the blacks in this country, we might have more aware white people. They might just not be as vocal about uh, about the problem because they don't want to lose their their you know big paycheck or whatever the case may be, or they have some some Jewish friends or a Jewish accountant or whatever. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely been more acceptable for them to look into these kind of materials. You know, you had Louis Farrakhan uh, you know, a while ago putting out the um, secret relationship between blacks and Jews. I think that every black person should know who brought the slaves to America. And you just look up that title there, who brought the slaves to America. And it wasn't really white people. No, in fact, it was a majority of Jews and the Jews in America owned a very disproportionate amount of the slaves as compared to their population numbers. There's a very small percentage of Americans, white Americans, who actually own slaves, yet were collectively punished for it. And yet, 
this, this the main driving force in the transatlantic slave trade is never once called out. There's never been a movie about the Jewish role in the slave trade, that's for sure, because we know who runs Hollywood. But it's just incredible how white people are almost always blamed for the crimes of the Jews. And if a Jew commits a crime or a Jew uh, does something that's not politically correct, like uh, what was the the owner of that basketball team? Uh, uh, Sterling, Donald Sterling, whose real name is Donald Tokowitz. Uh, you had Bill Maher going on and, and talking about how, you know, when basically when a Jew, uh, I, I forget what the, the whole the whole clip was, but basically when a Jew um, does something bad, you got to call them a white person. Then it's a white person who's done this. You know, the white banking elite. But if you really were just to to separate out Jews and whiteness, which should be done because they are actually at war with whiteness, with white people, uh, you you find that almost all of these, uh, almost all of the white supremacists that these blacks are fighting against, that they that they see as ruling over them, creating the hip hop culture, releasing all of these awful songs that just degrade them even further, just rapping. You know, how many times on an album? Nigga, 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 nigga. And that could win a Grammy. Yeah. And who's, who's putting it all together? It's Jews. They're the ones who are demeaning you and exploiting you, black people. So get wise to that. It's not white supremacists who are keeping you down. It is Jewish supremacists who have been doing this for centuries and pitting us against each other, whites and blacks, in, again, a goy versus goy conflict. Perfect. I think the caller had uh, pressed one. Just let me make sure. Caller, did you hit one to say something? Yes, yes I did. Okay, what's your uh, first name and where, where are you calling from and what's your question or comment? My name's Jay. I'm from Detroit. I'm African-American male, black male. And I would have to say blacks are more hip to the Jewish uh uh, uh, tricks than whites. We've been taught this since I was a kid. I'm 47 years old now. We've been talking about this for a long time. Um, the problem that we have, the problem that comes up with white people when we get when we hear white people uh, not acknowledging that there is a difference, that there is a, a preferential treatment. They get preferential treatment over us. We get to have a problem when they say racism is over. We have that's when we have a problem. When you see people getting killed out in the street, yeah, needless to say, these are people that did bad things. But when you get killed out in the street in the middle of the street, and a police doesn't even get indicted, that's not to say he's guilty. He doesn't even get called to go to trial for it. And we know if it was a white person, oh, they'll have his head. And we hear white people say, no, it's not. No, this would not well, happen. No, this would. I would, I'd argue I'd argue against that because when you actually have the black on white crimes, they're covered up by the mainstream media. You might be right that at a local level it might be dealt with um, see, more see, severely, when you, when you, but in the mainstream let, media let, they cover up all of this. And, and I, it's I, actually what, what I'm you, saying. You said preferential oh, treatment. What about affirmative yeah, action? All these other diversity programs, which ensure that white people and specifically white males are. Uh, Disadvantaged at every level, put in the back of the line uh, how you, for how, how you the colleges. How you, see, that's that's my point. You're not disadvantaged. That's that's the point I'm saying right there. You're saying that uh, affirmative action put you at a, it put you in the back of the line. It doesn't. It does not. 
That's, a, that's it exactly what it does. It puts it puts it white not. people when, uh, when in you, the back of the okay, line for when you welfare. Have, when you it have puts a, them in the back of the line for colleges. It puts them in the back of the line for all jobs. You look at the government uh, no. government run bureaucracies no. uh, going from the if local level down a, to, up to the top, and you're going to see when that you, white people are are not represented at even along their uh, population lines. Uh, even the, the technology companies out in Silicon Valley, they say, oh, we've got you know, 60% white people working for us. This is way too high. We've got to do something about it and get more diversity in here. Wait a second. 60% is actually less than our represented population numbers in the United States, at least if you're going by census figures. But they definitely so don't have 13% more of African Americans. They definitely don't have 13% of African Americans working and for them. Do you think part of that so, should have to do with African American uh, technical capabilities in these roles and what they're actually um, no well no okay listen part when of you, has when to you do, find a job when you find jobs where African American male has the same credentials as a white man and and they won't even get to call back on a, on a, a uh, interview because of their name it's 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 not a matter of it's a system we're not we're not even pissed at white folks. We're talking about a system, but white folks don't seem to recognize the system and don't want to want to agree that there is a system that causes this. When you have judges that are getting paid from a a a a, a prison, and he decides he's the prison paid him to send children to them, and he sends African American males to them for the same crimes that white kids oh, would do, and he wouldn't sit. He would give no, them probation. No, it's white kids too. That's a, it's white kids no, too. No, no, and I'll tell you that, why they like to target no, white kids as no, well. It's because no, white people no, are going to pay no, all those he, fees. He, no, no, you don't understand. He, you, he you're sent, taking this from your sent, perspective, and this, I understand your no, perspective. No, I'm taking it from I understand your perspective. He sent black but it's kids, white kids to prison, to prison, and got paid for it. I no there was and when, there were when white kids still kids, kids for cash no. look up the dec- documentary kids for cash this was in Pennsylvania I believe it was and it was mainly white kids who were being sent sent no. away no. for no. cash no. 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 so the private no. private prison industry is is not exactly colorblind the color that they care about though is green no. No. they no. want no. money no. the system the system is not colorblind and that's that's what we're trying to say it's a systematic okay, how about, rate how about of racism. I think when when, we need, when, when, when I say and, and when and when and when I said about blacks getting shot in the street, and we knew white if whites got shot in the street, it wouldn't happen. I did not even say black on white crime. I said a police officer. It's, it was actually at the same time, at people. the same exact time as the Mike Brown incident, there was a white kid who was shot by a black cop. Did you see any? News media about that. No, did that black cop get charged? No, absolutely not. Nobody knows who he and was. If, and and here's, here's the thing. If they did, if he got shot, unarmed white kid got shot in the street, we'll be saying the same thing for that unarmed white kid as we say about black. No, he this, did get shot. Nobody knew about him. No, there were no, no riots. You're not listening. You're not listening. I said if we knew about it. We didn't know about okay, it. Okay, if you knew about so it. We, but we, why, but my why point aren't is, you knowing about if, it? If, y'all, hold, hold, if, if you knew about it, why didn't you rally to have it put out there? A lot of this stuff, if we didn't have people to rally to put it out there, we wouldn't have known about it. Like, it we don't have radio, a It took a radio host $33 million. To put, hold on. It took a radio host to put out, um, uh, uh, what's his name, down in, in Florida, that uh, – uh, the, the the whatever the guy shot John Black shot no the, um, 
Oh. Trayvon Martin. It, it took it took it took a radio host to put that out there for our speak for us to even know about it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. If you hear about this kind of injustice and you got you got a form to put it out, put it we out. We have there. very little. We do not have we do not have a Jew like George Soros spending thirty three million dollars to fund a white lives matter protest. He does that for Black Lives Matter. These people are spending all of their money to get black people to think that they are uh, being victimized and that they need to do something about it and take no, down no, this white not, supremacist hold, racist culture. Bro, hold on, brother. It's not about. Do you know that 85 percent of interracial crimes really quickly, 85 percent of interracial crimes involving a black person and a white person are black on white. Why don't we hear about any of this in the mainstream media? It is all covered up. Eighty five percent are black on white. White people rarely victimize a black person, but if they do, and even if it's not a white person, they're going to call him a white person like George Zimmerman is a white Hispanic. They'll call him a white Hispanic. And so if any of these instances ever happen, they're going to blow it up in the national media because it furthers their agenda of creating racial tensions within this country and uh, and getting us at each other's throats and causing riots. Hold on. I'll give you the point. That they do that for to to get views to sell whatever papers they want to sell. I give you that they don't promote. They don't put uh, black on white crime. Sometimes they do, but not often. Or black they, on black. They will they say huh? they say Black Lives Matter? But why aren't they ever reporting on all the people who are shot in Chicago me, over the weekend? They do because it's black on black, and that doesn't that doesn't move the paper. Do it doesn't create the racial they, hostility. No, if they really they, cared they about just, black lives, you're not. They would they report on black on black 80, violence. They just reported eighty something people being shot over the holiday weekend in Chicago. Black on black crime. The problem is why I, my where's problem Al with black people. Huh? Where's Jesse Al Jackson? Who, where is they? Well, it doesn't matter. I, that's what I'm Al saying. Al Sharpton and them. But see, you see, that's what I'm saying. You're concentrated on Al Sharpton. You're concentrated on. My problem is, they only come out when they see that it's an injustice, or they feel it's an injustice. We already know if a black person get caught killing a black person, they're gonna hang his ass. We know this. We know he's not gonna get off. We know that it's not gonna be a technicality. We know every. We know he's going to jail. That's that's what people fail to realize. That's why there's no marching when it's black on black crime. That's why there's not anybody out, out there protesting because we know why, that why black do, person why that killed somebody get caught, he's going to jail. Why do blacks only seem to care when it's a, a white person who has committed the crime? Why not? Why not actually try we, to get the communities get, together? Why not? Why not actually? It's try not. To, it's not. To, it's not. You're not listening. It's not about. Why do black? Why it's do about care? social when, justice. I, I get you. I get you. And and white people aren't being convicted enough for hurting the black. I, I honestly, I've heard this all time and again. But no, you you not sorry, listen. I really don't you, care. You, it's not. You, it's you not my stuck, problem. And I should not be collectively right. blamed or punished for the actions of a how, few how people you, out there. No, you you taking it as a personal attack against you. 
That's what that's the media what does. Is. I'm not taking this a personal attack from you, I'm but I'm, I'm, that's media. the way I see it from the media is that they try to attack every single white person and say that every single white person has white privilege and should have white guilt. You know, have you ever been to the Appalachians? Have you ever seen all the white privilege that exists in America in, uh, in some of these places where the white people are very poor? Dude, but I'll tell you what, live, in these I very poor in white places, they do not have the white, um, white violence that you'll I see got, in black places where they have the black on black violence. So there is a very real issue of black violence in America, whether or not, whether or not it's black on on black or black on white, there is a very real problem of black violence in America, but that is completely swept under the rug so that we can deal with white racism in the media. Let me ask Jay something. Jay, you, you were saying you live in Detroit. Do you, right. do you, yeah, do you believe that the blacks, American blacks are inherently more violent than American whites? No, I don't. I don't. It, 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 I think blacks are violent just as white, just as any other race. They're, black, they're violent. I don't think they're more violent or less violent. You got people that's violent, period. Okay, and do you think that the poverty in areas where blacks are concentrated might lead to that violence? No, I don't think it has anything to do with poverty. I grew up poor. I, I, I grew up as a poor person, and I didn't even know I was poor. Because it it comes from it comes from not having a father in the home comes from. Okay, who's not having a who's father the, in the home? Jay, who's who's the bad guy in all this? Is it is it the, the whites? Or is it the Jews? Who is it? A bad guy in what? What about those black mothers? Do they have any responsibility? Now you said under the system of no, you said supremacy. Holy, I'm I'm trying to. Okay, you said an who is the, who was the bad guy and what? Well, in the situation that we have now where... Oh, I, 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 trust me. I put all the blame on black fathers not being there for their kids that causes that problem. Okay. And that's, back that's, that's not... Of, that's, go ahead. Back into the system of segregation and when white people still, uh, you know, had, had civil rights in this country and freedom of association... Black families were in And blacks didn't. There wasn't gangster rap music. They were listening to more healthy music. There wasn't the same kind of violence either. But then once black empowerment came, this actually equated to black destruction. This was all led by Jewish forces. As I mentioned about the rap music, when you look at the civil rights movement, who was marching with Martin Luther King? It was Jewish funded and communist. It wasn't black empowerment. It was the feminist movement that did this. It was the feminist movement that made women feel that they didn't need a man to handle a household. And it was the welfare system that came in and paid women, gave women money to take care of a household without a husband, and told them your yep. husband, your man, could not be in the household with them. So they told this man who was staying with them, or when they come to when they come to to to, uh, to look at our homes. To, to investigate our homes, you had to leave. So every two weeks, this man had to move out of his house. And then eventually, he didn't come back. He found another woman, and he laid up with her. And then that kept on going and going and going. That's, that's, that's well, how, if you, that's if you look at it, it, it had nothing to do with black empowerment. 
it had everything to do with the feminist movement. And when you talk about well, rap, I think they are, more they are tied together in, by rap, in the larger civil more rights movement. More, and you more look at white who was people buy rap than black. So that has nothing to do with Look at who's behind second wave feminism. It was all Jews. These Jewesses I'm, I'm, uh, really not, pushed this. I'm not and it was, all, it was all tied together. I'm not arguing, you. I'm not arguing with you about who, who put the system behind. But, I, but what I'm telling you, and you, you keep trying to bring it down to a race thing. I keep telling you it's the system that we're talking about. We know okay, every well, white this, person this out system, there. This system of welfare know, on, applies me... to blacks and whites alike, although blacks are given unfair advantages in it. Uh, the, how is that, why is how this is happening that? to white families white as much? Here, how you how you figure? Why is there no why is there no knockout game against black people? Well, they call it a knockout game. Why is there no why are there no. uh, any uh, white youth wilding out no, and going and punching random black people, old women, because black uh, people, young children? Black people, black people were doing it. Black people were going out doing it. So I mean, what is your point? My point is when that you say that. Not, not just uh, you know, blame the system. I think we all need to take some personal accountability, and I don't see really any black people out there in the mainstream or maybe just a few alternative media outlets who are saying anything about this, who are, who are telling these children, telling these teens not to go out and, and punch the nearest white person they can, and the media covers it all up as a game. They call it a game. Could you imagine if black kids, black uh, elderly, just black people in general, were getting knocked out by white people and the media calls it a game? Can yeah, you imagine? They called it a game. They, nobody took it as a game. Then nobody at home said, oh, they're just kidding. Let those kids go. We were saying if you catch them, if somebody have a gun, shoot those bastards. We were saying, if you catch them, lock them up. Then nobody, right. nobody black that I know sat back and said, oh, they're just playing a game. I don't care right. what the media says. See, no, but the media that's my point. Uh, Jay, the media the is part was, of the system. Right. Now, let me ask you, Jay. You said you were 47, so were, you were born in like 1968 or somewhere around there? I was born in 67. 67, okay. The year okay. of the riots in Detroit. Wow, great, right? <laughs> so you were born a couple of years after this LBJ Great Society welfare program started. So did you grow up without a dad yourself? No, no. My father was in the household. My father was a retired drill instructor. My father took care of his household. Okay, and you, you lived no. in Detroit your whole life? Lived in Detroit, except when I moved, I moved to New Orleans and I moved to Georgia. I just moved back. I hear Detroit is coming back. At least that's what they're saying in the in the media, the elite. Oh, media. it's gentrification. Definitely gentrification. They let the they let the, the property value goes down to where it was nothing. Now everybody wants to come in and invest, buy up all the property. Um, you had one place that rent there was people were paying what. 200 bucks for rent, and then somebody brought the building, didn't renovate it, didn't do anything, but brought the building, and then made the rent $1,200 a month. So all those people had to move. Now he's re- re- he's renovating it and to move I got more you. other so, people. You know, here's the thing. When, when Detroit falls into utter chaos under black rule and black leadership, 
you know, they, they blame it on white people. Then when white people come back who, in and start improving the place, who, they blame it on white people. Say this is gentrification. We don't want this. It is gentrification, but we didn't blame white people. Where and, do you get that we blame white people for it? And see, why you keep going to race, and then you sit up there and say, well, this gen- is not gentrification. race. Gentrification is letting something go down. People came in you and know brought what happened it up to, Lisa, to move Detroit became black. White people were chased out by race riots. White people have been chased out of almost every single oh, major city in the Western no. world. It's called a white flight. No, it's not no, being done no. because they white, want white, to leave. It's because white, they're being forced yes. to leave because of violence and intimidation. This no, is, this is you, ethnic you cleansing see, that's taking no, place. And you, you complain are, about gentrification when a few white people know. start trickling back in. Bring in the no, Trader Joe's or something. I didn't call, see, that's my point. I didn't call it gentrification because a few whites moved in. I call it gentrification because you allow, a system allowed property value to get down to a point where it was worth nothing, and then other people brought <laughs> the system did allow it. that. Black people allowed it by not taking care of their, their new blacktopia city there, Detroit. I think black people need to start being a little bit more responsible. Uh, let's say Baltimore as well. Is that all to be blamed on just, uh, you know, the, the systematic oppression of black people? Why can black people not seem to run their own affairs in these cities? Uh, it, it's got to stop being just not uh, completely the, passing the, the buck. Right, As I said, right you, look now, at, you look at right poor now, white places. Right, poor white places right in Appalachia. They don't, they're not murdering each other. They're not, they're not uh, all grown up without dads. So this is something that the me, black let community let me, needs let me, to deal with. Hold on, hold on, the, hold on. the few leaders hold you on. do have in the mainstream uh, are absolutely not representing black interests. They are very much controlled by these Jewish interests and are leading black people astray and keeping them in this victim game. You, and I'll you, tell you, you what, when you always it, are playing you the victim, it, you always playing the victim you're oh, going to be a victim. Not, I'm not playing the victim. I'm telling you what it I'm is. I'm not saying you are. You I'm talking about it, what they're pushing you keep upon. It, no. and then, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me please let me say and just like I said, the leaders of this city right now, it's only a white mayor. The whole city council is full of blacks. It has nothing to do with blacks tearing down something. But if you allow, uh, if you allow your police department to focus on one area and the rest, the rest of the areas go to shit, that's what you're doing. It's the system that's doing it. It's the system that you created that's doing it. It has nothing to yep. do with the black people. Secondly, <clears throat> secondly, this 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 the city has always when we moved in the neighborhood we moved in we were there was no blacks in the neighborhood there was nothing but whites the fact that blacks moved in their neighborhood they left that's what they were calling white flight wasn't nobody doing nothing to white folks in these neighborhoods well, not yet but once it reaches a certain threshold they certainly do it start, reach, start doing it, things it only and it only happened when they moved out why are we not everybody allowed moved out. Why are we not allowed freedom of association? Why are white people not allowed to live around other white people? Actually, you've got government programs Why right are they now not allowed to live urban development, spending billions to make sure that white people are not allowed to live in homogenous communities, not even small neighborhoods. This is not right, and this is uh, absolutely uh, making sure that, that the white race does not uh, end up surviving. Are Chinese, is Chinatown ever being forced to diversify? Is, uh, is the black community ever being forced to diversify? No, this is only aimed at white people. And that's why, you know, you uh, let, it let really me, needs to be pointed out. Let me, let me explain. That we don't have civil if you rights. Wanna, if you want to move in Chinatown, 
they wouldn't they wouldn't say no to you moving in Chinatown. If you wanted to move in a white a black neighborhood, they wouldn't say no. You couldn't move in a black. Is neighborhood. Is there a government they program they, that making on, making on. white people move into black neighborhoods or Chinese neighborhoods? No. It's no, I don't know. no program Jay, here that's making Jay, black Jay, people you, move in the white neighborhood. Jay, are you aware of uh, these um, these government programs that intervene in community development where they they actually tell the towns it's it's in the news regularly they tell the towns that there's too many white people here and you have to bring in other well i haven't i haven't seen that here in michigan all right yeah no that's what that's what uh kyle is alluding to well yeah diversity isn't being enforced upon detroit because uh, Detroit doesn't really have many white people left. Michigan. Therefore, it's pretty diverse. That's how they define diverse is less Michigan. white people. I didn't say Detroit. I said Michigan. Yeah. I didn't say yeah, Detroit. Like, okay. Yeah, it, it is. It is happening though. Unfortunately, let me ask you a question, Jade. What, what's the biggest problem today in America facing the races? Facing the races. Yeah, do, the races. Yeah. Do you think that there's do you think racism is still running rampant in the United States? Racism against blacks by whites? No, I, 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 that's my point. What I was saying is, we really most blacks don't. Even, we know there's people that hate blacks. We know there's white people that hate blacks, just like we know there's black people that hate white that hate whites. We're talking about a system, like when we talk about. Cops shooting blacks. We're not talking about just white cops. We're talking about black cops. We're talking about any cops that shoot black. <coughs> and when do, you do no blacks ever deserve to get legend. shot? I mean, are no blacks criminals? Are they all innocent? That's not what I just said. You, you, you okay, but you're, 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 you're saying that, that anytime a, a cop shoots a black no, person, no, that's no, a problem. That's not what I said. That's not what I that's said. That's what you seem you, to imply. What, no, that's not what I implied. You just want to take it. It there. seemed to imply. No, you want to take it there. What I'm saying, like in the court systems, here, here, here let me give you a perfect example. As, it's the court system. Gross Point is part of Wayne County. Detroit is right next to Gross Point. Gross Point is a fluent white, white neighborhood, and, and it's a rich neighborhood. Right next door is Detroit, Wayne County. And this is why I say the system is fucked up. A person can go. I'm black person. I'm gonna say black person. Go to Wayne. Go to go to Gross Point. Say he has a gun. He get caught with a gun on him. They gonna make sure he does time, and they should. But that same person. This is why I say gentrification, and it's a system. But if that same person is in Detroit and he goes and he, he get caught with a, he get caught with a gun. They're going to give him probation so he can go right back out and do the same damn thing, fuck up a neighborhood. That's the court system. The court system allowed this shit to happen. When I talk about a cop killing a black, I'm talking about a cop killing an unarmed black, a black person that didn't deserve to die. I'm not talking about a, a person with a gun or anything. If you If you out there with a gun, you pull a gun, Shoot, drill his ass. I don't care. I don't care what color he is. Now, now I don't how, care. How do, we solve, how do we solve these problems? Do you think that perhaps going to a system of free association, going back to this where blacks are running their own communities, where it's pretty much a homogenous black community, they're policing their own communities, uh, that it, this would, would help to solve these problems? I, I want to see this. I'd, I'd want to be able to 
as a white person, live in a white community where I'm being represented in the government, where I'm being represented in the media accurately, appropriately, when my interests are being looked after there. I, and where we're policing our own. I think this would be the ideal system. This is what I want, and it, maybe it's not what everybody wants. I think there could be, uh, you know, diverse areas. If people want to live in diversity, then go for it. But if you want to live in an all-black community, if you want to live in an all-white community, then I say all the power to you. Do you think that this would help to solve some of these racial tensions and injustices? No, no I don't think it would solve racial tension or injustice. I just think um, the people in those communities will be just happy living where they live. As long as you got people, as long as you got systems and people that's empowered that have a belief in a certain way, then you don't have injustice. Have you noticed that diverse communities are often very violent and not, they don't actually have real community? That when you've got a, a whole diverse uh, town or city, any, that people don't come out, they don't come together. They don't. They don't actually know each other. It's actually been shown scientifically that diversity leads people to be more closed off and to have less connections with their community. I think it's just very unhealthy for people in general, whatever their race may be, to be forced into diversity, especially if they don't want to be. Okay. Even if you don't want to be. So, so you're saying if you're in a neighborhood that's all black, and a white person wants to move in, there should be... You shouldn't have to let him in there. No. You shouldn't have to let him in. He should, this, this, this is a country that you have freedom. He should be able to free... He should be free to move wherever he wants to move. He should be able to freely associate, too. So if, and if he, the owner of that house wanted to sell to a white person... Uh, and I'm you know, saying here's that, the thing. Here's the thing. The, black people that's, are that's able where the to have their own things. Black people have their own organizations. They've got the, uh, yeah. sure the NAACP was uh, established and run by Jews, but you've got you know uh, college funds, your own colleges, you've got your own neighborhoods where it really is predominantly black. There is not one single mainstream organization that actually advocates for white people. White people are not allowed to even think racially in any way, or else they're considered a white supremacist, racist, evil bigot. And what is happening because of this is that we're just rolling no. over and allowing. For no, the country, no, 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 in a very no, short no. period of time, to become minor, uh, whites as a minority no. in the country, no. and this is this is going to have lasting repercussions for the economic success, not just of white people in the country, but also blacks. Think about what happens when you have massive immigration of third world uh, um, uh, Latinos or whatever you want to call them, mestizos coming into the country. They're going to take the black jobs first, and I'll tell you why. It's because they're low-income workers. And so these black youths in the cities or in the suburbs are not going to be able to find good employment because their labor is being completely undercut. So what are they going to do? They're going to follow the model that's uh, given to them by the mainstream media, by the music industry, of becoming a thug gangster who's just uh, wheeling and dealing drugs. And this is going to lead to, of course, the private prison industry making a whole lot of money and uh, a lot of the injustice that you talk about. But it, it doesn't <laughs> no. let me, let me explain something about injustice. Let me explain something about injustice. Now, and, and you tell me why this is. Why, was it, why is it a time where a person can have an ounce of cocaine, a white person with an ounce of cocaine, and a black person with an ounce of crack? Both of them is cocaine. Both of them is addictive. The person with an ounce of crack, the black person with an ounce of crack, go to jail longer than the person with an ounce of cocaine. I have nothing Can to do about that. that? But, 
but what, what I, I think can you explain it? I didn't think you had what I didn't think you had an explanation for why that might be the case is that the white person with the cocaine might be less of a danger to to society than the black person with crack. That's just all I'm saying. But, you know, there there could be uh, because it's just uh, the, <laughs> the, the if you look at the violent both crimes both, that are committed I'm, by people I'm who are on drugs. These, I don't see white people on cocaine going and and shooting each other up. But I do see that happening with blacks in the city. Very, the it's city. very rare to see most, a white person most, all most up in drugs. Let me, let me, most of the and people going out and, and, and spraying up a, a church or spraying up most, a family. But you see it happening all the time. Church? Well, you see I don't know people if black people shoot up churches. Up a church. <laughs> okay, I can, I can and, go and okay, find you and, so many examples from and, this past year of black people just firing upon a whole group of people, whether or not they're black or white, mm-hmm. and hitting children, hitting women, I, hitting I, anything I but their intended target because they're shooting sideways or some crap like I, that because I, they learned it from a Jewish movie. I agree. And I think, I think all those blacks should go. I, I think there should be a death penalty. And all those guys that should be hung or, or, or in this public square blowing their brains out. I, I, that's what I believe. But um, what but what I'm saying is the system still causes this 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 separation, this race, this racism, and that's what I'm talking about. And well, I don't think separation do is bad, white. but I do think I do think that equal protection under under the law. If you are going to have be, a country that has different races within it. I think that it would be important to have equal protection under the law. However, affirmative action is not equality. This is not equal protection under the law. Affirmative action and these diversity programs are aimed at uh, targeting white people, making sure that white people do not have the same kinds of opportunities as they could have if they were not held back. It has has nothing to do with making sure white people don't have the same opportunity. It was making sure that blacks had the same opportunity. Because no, blacks no, no, were getting high. Blacks with the same qualifications oh. wouldn't get hired by adding two hundred the color of no, their it's not about the same qualifications. The SAT yeah, scores in California they'll add the points SAT on the SAT scores is a racial bullshit ass test. The SAT now. scores. They will they will make sure that uh, less qualified less qualified minorities get the position over white people. This is the essence of affirmative action. We have no, affirmative action. No, that wasn't every single day when you that look at government that, that, incompetence. Go back. Where, oh, let me go back, and this is let's go back to the system. Affirmative action was set up to give a person of color the same equal right as a and what it was, what it was by removing same, white people's rights by by having yes. having to are you gonna let me finish? For, are you gonna black are you gonna let me finish? Are you gonna, in certain areas, just because you bark loud don't mean you're right. I'm telling it's you, not fair that's to what it was to a white person for a black underachievement. It is not fair to, no, to penalize you, you, a white person then again, because blacks have again, been achieving. Again, again, you're not listening. I, affirmative action was set up to give a black person the same opportunity as a white person. If both of them had the same qualifications, what happened? Why not just equal this opportunity? Is what happened? Equal opportunity where, right. it's, where it's colorblind. Because because it was colorblind. That's the point. It was not colorblind. And then what happened was you had well, companies that the government was giving money to saying if you hire more blacks, and they didn't care at that point. It was greed at that point to say, hey, let's, let's hire more blacks. 
Let's just hire whoever we can and put them in a position. Now, that's what it turned out to be, but that's not what it was established to. And that's not right. So and having something. Jay, do you think. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, um, you know, when you first got on the line, you said that you agreed that that blacks in general were more hip to the Jews. Yeah. Do and, and not all do do, uh, do your friends uh, discuss this at all? What we're talking about? <laughs> we've been, like I said, we've been. I was a young kid. Household growing up, and my family, friends' households growing up. Yeah, we've been discussing this about the Jewish, the so-called Jews, because they're not really Jews. That Polish people from from Russia. Right. <laughs> See, that's what that's what I think is that all of us, all of us Americans, all of us Americans need to get together and confront the real enemy. And the real enemy isn't the whites, and it's not the blacks. The real enemy is who's who are the puppet masters behind the scenes. And Jay, I want to, I want, just want to ask you one last thing uh, before we go. How did you hear about the show? I was just going to go up and just saw it, saw the, saw your show. Were you, in. were you like uh, searching? Were, were you searching for something? Was there something walking well, no, I was just on there. Yeah, I was just on Blog Talk Radio and looked for something to listen to. I've actually had a number of, of black callers into my show um, just because they were looking around Blog Talk Radio. And I always find the conversation to be intellectually stimulating. And I have to say this. I don't want white people and black people just to be fighting over the peanuts. White people often get upset about welfare. But let's think about this in the grand scheme of things. Is that little money that's going to black people for welfare anything anything compared to the trillions of dollars that were given to international Jewish banks in the bailout or the billions and billions of dollars they're given to Israel each year. I think we could all be a whole lot better off if we stopped always being at each other's throats and actually opened up dialogue like we were having here today. Yeah, it gets heated. Yeah, we, we're going to disagree about some things, but we should not be afraid to have these conversations because this is how you actually get somewhere. And they don't want us to have these conversations. They want it to be completely one-sided, only have one narrative, and shut down any honest intellectual discussion. Yeah, that's true. Jay, I want to thank you, my friend, for calling in, and I wish you the best of luck there in the Renaissance City. I hope it's coming back, and I hope there's going to be good stuff ahead for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank Take you. care, Jay. Nice guy. It's always getting. It's always good getting the view of somebody there on the ground in Detroit, because that for me that's. A, I, I think it's a fascinating city. You know, many people don't realize it's. They, they, they associate it with Motown, but it is. It is the Renaissance city because it's. It's constantly fallen and, and, and risen up again, and it seems like it's on its way up. And as Jay said, a lot of it has to do with the gentrification, which is true. We don't know. Who's to blame? Really, who's the bad guy? Is it the system? I tend to, I tend to not use that that term, the system. I really despise it, and the reason I do is because when you're talking to whoever you're talking to on the telephone about, you know, your uh, package not getting there on time or your payment uh, being misallocated, most most of the folks on the end uh, on the end of the line will say, well. You know, the system does that. The system doesn't allow us to do that. And I'm at the point where I explain, look, the system is a computer. 
humans still have control over the system, I think. So let's get it working properly. Too many people, and I'm not saying that this is Jay. I'm just saying too many people want to blame the system for what's happening. Of course, as we've been talking about, there are people behind the system, and we know who those people are, don't we, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we do, and I, I'd have to say, if we were to consider this large, this large system, it can get very frustrating when you see that uh, white people are being targeted and punished by it. I don't mean to say that we're all, the only ones that are being disadvantaged by it. Yes, blacks do benefit from affirmative action and welfare programs and other th- such things. But on the whole, if you look at the net effect, it's actually been very negative for the black people, for the black community, for black families. So it is an oppressive system, if we're going to use that term, that is uh, really ruining everyone in America, except for a very small few. Though that, and that few, that very minuscule uh, tenth of a percent or whatever has become incredibly rich. If you look at how impoverished most of the world became, uh, especially if you look at since 2008, and how the fortunes of a very few people, a couple hundred people, have been incredibly uh, augmented. It's insane. All these people who caused the financial crisis have been rewarded, have been absolutely raking in the dough. They were bailed out with trillions of dollars of our money at a time when they could buy up other companies for pennies on the dollar pretty much. And these people are the ones that we really need to focus on. They want to get us to, oh, let's have a redistribution of wealth is what they always push. These kind of socialist programs where it's basically the the white middle class having to give up their money to the government and uh, some money to illegal aliens and blacks. Well, you know what? I think we need to really have a redistribution of wealth. And it's not going to be the middle class. It's going to be the super elite who get rounded up and all of their assets get divided to the people. That's what I'd like to see have happen because otherwise, as I said, we're just going to be fighting over peanuts. You're 100% right, and that did happen, and that's finance capitalism. That's when the manufacturing base of a country is destroyed and money is made by the financial sector, which is what's happening now. They and socialized their losses. So they said, oh, well, we, we, we're having a bit of trouble here, so you guys are all going to have to pay for it. But did they ever socialize their earnings? That's right. When they're making exactly. a ton of money, did they ever say, hey, hey American people – you know, we've been doing very well. Here's a little cut for yourself. No. Uh, never, and they never will, and that's why our traders in Congress are there to serve them, and unfortunately people need to wake up and, you know, do the hard stuff. Get your brain going. I want to move to this um, this video. Now, why don't you set the stage? It was It was called Whites Still Calling the Shots Till 2050, period, 2060 tops and it was aired on saturday night live which i haven't watched in decades uh run by the jew lord michael the entire time exactly and i guess it was it used to be funny growing up uh you know watching uh chevy chase and and Aykroyd and those guys and that real genius who died way too uh too early chris farley uh but but now they did this skit, and you pointed out to me that, and this was, let, let me just say that this was actually last year in October, okay? It aired in October of 2014. 
surprisingly, this skit, which is about whites basically going down the drain, is not on YouTube, you told me, which basically everything's on YouTube. Why isn't this on YouTube? No, I think because they don't want white people sharing this around and pointing out what they're intending, that they're celebrating white genocide. It's amazing. These people uh, that we're up against, the anti-whites, they claim that there's no such thing as white genocide, but then they celebrate it in this very same breath. Or they claim that there's no such thing as white people, and then they target white people with a, uh, a skit like this. I thought race was just a social construct. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. So, so they don't want this really, I guess, getting out. The, I don't, uh, maybe they don't want as big of a backlash. Maybe that they saw with uh, the Jamie Foxx uh, incident where he got off and talked about killing all the white people. I don't know why it's not on YouTube because there are other Saturday Night Live skits that are on YouTube. I just think that has something to do with it. They're kind of maybe doing a little bit of damage control. And, of course, they have a number of Jews acting in that skit as white people. So I thought it was only appropriate to have white people acting as Jews in uh, the skit that I did. Yes. So this, unfortunately, we don't have that. We don't have that skit, unfortunately, because it's not – like you said on YouTube, it, it, it is on Daily Motion. You said I couldn't find it. Yes, it is. Okay, it's, it's linked in the video, uh, the YouTube video for that did get reinstated. It was originally pulled down. Okay, has been reinstated. It's in the the description link for that. E- excellent. I see it. Yes. Well, I don't. I didn't go through it. I, I did originally see it. I don't know the the text of it. Do you remember the basically generally the uh, the theme of it and the text? You could tell listeners what it basically. Yeah, said. They, they tried to make, make white people look really boring and stupid, but actually, I think they made white people look pretty good in some ways. You know, it's uh, you know white white people are not going to be in this position forever. So what are you going to do in your last final years of you know white dominance, pretty much? Uh, and you know, you have a, a guy out there. I'm going to hike. And somebody else. I'm going to camp. A little kid says, I'm going to hug my dad. So it's just kind of showing, you know, nature-loving, uh, good-hearted people, you know, funny people. And uh, and then basically at the end of the video, it's uh, once whites go down, they're just going to hand everything over to the Mexicans. That's that's what's slated to happen. Okay. And so this was – did you have any idea about its popularity at all? You mean the original SNL clip? Yes. How it was received? I, I, well, I know, I just know what uh, people in our circles thought of it, and you know, I don't know how the regular SNL viewer thought of it. Right, or, or not just SNL, but how it was received by you know everyday folks. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. I don't know what everyday folks are are really all about these days. I don't really have my my pulse on that. Uh, <laughs> That Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you wouldn't even feel a pulse. So you went and just recently you did a parody of that skit, right? That's right. How long ago did you do that? I just released it. Uh, it was on July 4th, right as soon as it turned. But for some reason, YouTube is listing as July 3rd. But I did release it at basically 1 a.m. on July 4th. Okay. And what happened? After 1 a.m. at July 4th. Within 24 hours, it had gotten over 2,000 views, and it was then also pulled from YouTube. The reason they gave for it being pulled was because it showed a rabbi 
sucking a baby's penis in the ritual known as Metzitza Pabe, which is legal in our countries. And they were claiming, somebody had filed a claim, uh, claim that I was basically promoting uh, child nudity and child uh, sexuality or whatever. But uh, I pointed out that there are plenty of videos of Metzitza Pabe on YouTube, and this is a, a Jewish ritual that is legal for some reason in the United States. And so maybe my appeal worked. And the video is back up, but they did probably kill a lot of the viral nature that was, uh, that was there at the beginning. Now, they know how these things work. If you're able to take down a video that has been linked by a bunch of different sites, which is getting shared around on social media, and make it inaccessible for at least just a few days, it's not going to get nearly as big as it would have if it was online the whole time. But I did upload it at uh, the Renegade Tribune, and it got, uh, got quite a bit of attention from there. So people have been downloading and sharing it, and now it's back up on YouTube. So hopefully it does get shared around a bit more. Because once we can start really laughing at these people who claim to rule over us, who are ruling over us, uh, I think their power will begin to fade. That's how they accomplished their long march through the institutions and how they took over uh, from white people. Uh, is that they made fun of us over and over again. And this is what is shown through uh, Kevin McDonald's culture of critique. And one of the big ways of critiquing white people is to mock them, to laugh at them. And so I'm just kind of turning the tables on our Jewish overlords. Yes. When, I, when, I, when you first sent me that video, that's exactly what I thought, because I've said for years that the way to defeat this cabal is with humor. You have to be able to make fun of them, and people need to be able to laugh at them. Because once they're laughed at, I feel that this is going to do irreparable damage to them. Because they hate that. For some reason, they hate being laughed at. I'm going to play the clip here. Give me a second. So we're just obviously going to have the audio, but I'm going to include the, the link to the video as well. Let me play this clip here. All right, Kyle, where are you? Not you. I mean, the clip. Okay. yeah, the clip. I had it right up here, of course. We could always play uh, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Actually, I didn't even produce this clip. This was produced by Shlomo Shekelberg. So any, any kind of complaints should be directed to Shlomo. Shlomo? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry about the, uh, the dead air, folks. It's just that I labeled it. There it is. They threw it at the bottom. So here we go. This is, um, what's the exact title of it, Kyle? Jews Celebrating Centuries of Control. We're ambitious. We're funny. We're shifty. We play by our own rules. And we can be very naughty. But we're all chosen. We're Jews. And for now, we're on top. We've had a great run from politicians to media moguls. Centuries of control. But we know it won't last forever. So for these final years of Jewish dominance, we're going to soak it all in. I'm going to complain. I'm going to fleece the goyim for trillions. I'm going to promote lesbianism and hatred of white men. I'm going to screw some chicks to whores. I'll make more porn. 
I'm going to suck as many baby dicks as I can. Hey, let's make this a good trot around the bases. Let's get at least one more Fed chairman, even if it has to be another Yenta. Hey! Let's never forget the things we have accomplished. Because eventually we'll get kicked out, like hundreds of times before. And then, it's all yours, Goyam. Jew, still calling the shots till around 2018, 2020 time. Jews! Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. They don't like, not just, they don't like being mocked and ridiculed and laughed at. They also don't like us even considering a world without them ruling over us. That's what they had to really uh, crush Germany. You know, while the rest of the world was suffering depression underneath Jewish tyranny, Germany broke free and set an example of how you can turn your nation around in no time flat. And that's why the war, the, that war had to happen and why they had to be completely destroyed and dismantled. And an example set for the rest of the world uh, as to what will take place if you ever try to de- defy the Jewish overlords, the Jewish international bankers and media manipulators. <laughs> what do you got next uh, lined up for our friends there in the, uh, in the upper crust elite? Oh, I'm going to keep that a surprise. I've got a bunch of different... Uh, Short videos planned and even maybe some long-term projects, uh, doing a few more documentaries. But just do stay tuned. Uh, we're going to put out a lot more content on Renegade Broadcasting. for you know, Each night there's a show. Do check them out. And uh, RenegadeTribune.com, articles over there. And uh, you can find the YouTube videos pretty easily. It's uh, Just search for Renegade Broadcasting on YouTube. And a lot more to come going to keep uh keep hitting this and hitting it hard awesome awesome kyle thanks so much for coming on today i appreciate it i really appreciate what you're doing i really believe that what you're doing is is the future it's the future for getting what we need to get in order to live the life that we should be living we shouldn't be at each other's throats black shouldn't be at white's throats and vice versa and and mexicans and whatever it might be, because there is that elite up at the top, and just so happens that they're predominantly Jews, and they're pulling the strings, and they're getting all the benefits, and they're making the videos, and they're giving out the information that doesn't allow folks to think clearly and, and does end up pitting them against each other. So I really believe that, Kyle, what you're doing is the future, and I, I want to thank you so much for doing that. You're quite welcome. I thank you for having me on. I Really enjoyed the conversation, Dave. I did, too. Thanks, Kyle. And thank you to Jay for calling in and uh, putting up with me and Kyle. And I I appreciate I know Kyle does, um, what Jay had to say. And we certainly encourage people to call in from anywhere around the country, anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter what race you are. Doesn't matter what you think. Just uh, call in and give your opinion. And uh, we'd love to hear it. So thanks again, folks, for tuning in. Who's the bad guy? And we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Kyle.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.